Hello, hello, and hello! Welcome back for another episode. If not now, when? And ladies, gentlemen, today I am really excited to introduce you my special guest, Courtney Werner. First of all, let me tell you about Courtney. She is from Austin, Texas, aka the best city in the world. And sorry to bragging because hey, I love it. Um, that's number one. And secondly, Courtney, she is a world traveler. She loves to see the world. She also loves paddleboarding. And best yet, she has an art studio. So from time to time, she will dance while painting. Isn't that amazing? Well, today she is a co-founder of Koya Innovation, and with a mission to connecting people in a very and most meaningful way. With that, I am so excited to have you today, Courtney, and thank you so much for joining. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Wen. That was quite the introduction. I feel so honored to be here. Honor is all mine. Well, welcome, welcome. So love to hear, Courtney. How does the whole journey get started? I would love to share. I'm a huge fan of stories, so I'll start from the beginning. Yes. I so I grew up in Austin, like Wen mentioned, which I'm really fortunate to have grown up here. And I grew up in an extremely innovative household. My dad is a serial entrepreneur. And around our kitchen table, we'd have meals, but we'd also brainstorm、um, and hear about what he was up to, all of his new ideas. So I grew up around that, thinking that being an entrepreneur was a very normal job title, which now I feel so grateful for because I realize that that's not always the case.、Mm-hmm. Um, but that's essentially my background with my family and growing up in that kind of environment, and that is why we ended up. Two years ago, fast forward to my dad's birthday party, we were asking him, "What do you want to do this year? What's your dream? What do you want to see happen in the world?" And our dad, without skipping a beat, said that he wanted to start a family business.、Um, and then, of course, he asked the normal entrepreneurial question, which, if you're not familiar with it, it's, "What problems are you facing?" I hear that one probably several times a week at this point,、um, but at the time. As soon as he asked that question, both my sister and I, who had been traveling overseas for a few years, the main problem that we were experiencing is that, as a result of being gone so often, we'd miss out on birthdays, bad days, breakups,、um, special occasions, anything you can think of. We would miss out on those really important milestones in our friends and family's lives, and it was getting to the point where. We were really starting to feel that ache of, ah,、oh, I want, I don't want to miss out on that anymore. So that was the main problem that we were facing, and something that we tried to do to fix it was to send our friends surprises,、um, and to kind of feel like we were still there with them. But honestly, it took so much work and was really complicated and clunky. And so we shared that with our dad. Our dad has specialty with geofence technology, and so he was like, "I have a fix for that." And that is essentially how Koya was started. Wow, what a what a story! I love that. And、um, I'm curious, Courtney. You mentioned that that one of the problem you identify was. Uh, you miss those birthday,、um, the breakup, you know, the good time and the bad time, and、uh, you wanted to send people, you know, gift or、um, 
you know, let them know that you're thinking about them. Why gift? Is that mean something to you? Were you always felt like celebrated when you were receiving gift from others? That's a great question. We growing up used to surprise each other. So if one of us was going on a long trip, we would write a note and hide it in each other's bags. <laughs> so we kind of grew up thinking, like doing that often and thinking that that was so much fun. So I think with that context, we wanted to bring that same element of surprise to our friends. But of course we couldn't sneak a note because we didn't, we weren't close to them. So the next best thing was to maybe ask one of their friends, like a mutual friend, if they would mm -hmm. write them a note or give them a note for us along with a coffee or anything that we knew that they would love. The idea really isn't about the gift. It's more so showing the person that we know something about them enough to where if we were there, we would be the one having coffee with them or we would be the one doing that thing with them. But since we're not there in our absence, we wanted to still give them that um, gift, if you will. So that it's really not about the gift. It's about kind of the experience. Why does that important to you? Well, I think because, you know, as silly as it is, whenever I'd find those hidden notes, I felt so seen and loved and known Aww. in those moments that for us, we wanted to kind of recreate that. And hopefully our hope and goal was to allow our friends to feel the same way. Mm -hmm. We wanted them to know that even though we weren't there with them physically, that we saw them, we knew them, we loved them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's so beautiful. I, I do have to agree. I think at the end of the day, we all crave for the love for, you know, being understood by our friends, our family around us. And I love that you're able to talk your own experience and what really inspired you and want to create the same experience for all the uh, people around you. I think that's so beautiful. Yeah, I think so too. It's been a really beautiful gift. Yes. And um, you mentioned that's how you started. And I want to, I'm just curious, that day on your dad's birthday when he told you that's his birthday wish. Um, were you surprised to hear that? And were you were you and your sister ready for that venture? Because that moment he said it and it sounds like you guys just right away got to work. I didn't find a problem and let's go solve them. But how how do you get to that point? I'm curious before we go back to uh, the business. Yeah, so we at the time were traveling, like I mentioned, we were working for global a global nonprofit as well as some socially conscious companies. And I, we loved our job. It was such an incredible job getting to see the world and, and do what we did. But we were starting to feel like we were ready to put down some roots. So right around the same time, both my older sister, Karen and I, we had started dreaming up our own company. So we kind of were going through that process of what this would look like, how we could get it started. Um, and when our dad mentioned wanting to start one with us, it kind of was a no brainer for both of us because I like I had mentioned, mm -hmm. we grew up around that. We thought our dad was so cool. Mm -hmm. And I think we never, we always had wanted to work with him, but didn't anticipate it coming so quick. So it felt like, oh, this is so cool. Yeah, let's do it. Mm -hmm. 
And you mentioned that you and your sister, you know, before you jump in this venture, you guys were traveling and、uh, was part of this nonprofit and services oriented organization. Will you guys always want to make the world a better place? Yeah, I think we both always wanted to do that. I'm not really sure exactly how that came about. Most likely, the way that we grew up, we were fortunate to grow up、um, in an environment that really encouraged and nurtured our ability to think for ourselves and try new things and be around a bunch of different kinds of people and jobs and all all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that probably that definitely shaped us.、Mm-hmm. I, I know that my sister she started before I did traveling.、Mm-hmm. She's an incredible humanitarian photographer. Like she's、wow. amazing.、Um, you can find her at KarenNoel.com. Shameless plug. She's so yes. Great. <laughs> so I for a few years was watching her journey and was always so inspired by her and her heart for people and what she would capture and the way that she would ethically tell people's stories really、mm-hmm. resonated with me. But I never thought it was possible. So I had always in my heart been like, "Oh, I want to do that." But at the time, I was doing some marketing, and I was living in California. I was just doing it. I was living a different life, and all of a sudden, and I feel like this is an important part of the story because I want you guys, the listeners, to hear that if there's a dream in your heart, there's always a way.、Um, because I definitely carried that dream, but didn't see a way, and. Fast forward a few years of just watching my sister live her dream and desiring the same thing, I randomly was asked to write this feature for a company. So I wrote this article about their story. It got published, and as a result of that, the nonprofit my sister was working for they were suddenly in need of a writer, and because I had just been published, without even <laughs> having to do a formal interview, I was hired. So, Wait, are, were you looking though at the moment? No, I was not looking for another job. I, I didn't. I, like I said, I didn't think that I'd ever be able to do what my sister was doing. So it was absolutely a dream come true. And as soon as they asked, "Hey, would you be willing to go on this next trip to China to document some stories?" I immediately said yes because、wow. it felt like such a miracle, like such a gift. And it was both for my sister and I to go together and document、um, what some different NGOs were doing there. That's incredible. And I want to take a second unpack that experience.、Um, you were wanting to do something like your sister, but you did not thought that was possible. Why? I grew up extremely shy. I was the type of girl that would definitely sit more on the sidelines and watch life happen to me. Versus actively participating in life, and my sister was always the go-getter, life of the party, would make a way for herself. So I grew up watching that, thinking it was remarkable, but not necessarily seeing myself in that、um, in that way, or thinking that I had it inside myself to do that. So it took a lot of self-development and working through some of my own fears. Enough to even believe that that was possible, and then of course enough to say yes when the opportunity did present itself. So, how do you walk through your fears, and what would you advise for someone who may be in a similar situation and maybe also waiting for that big break and not sure what to do? 
What would you recommend? What would you advise? Yeah, that's a great question. I think I I know myself enough to know now that the things I regret the most are not the things that I've done, but the things I haven't done. And for me, it's it's sort of become like this following my gut. So if I feel life on something, I say yes. Um, whereas was it hard to move with my heart. Of, was it hard? Is that what you said? Yes. Is it hard? Yeah. Yeah. It's now it's easier because I've done it enough times to know that I can. I know myself, if that makes sense. But a few years ago, that was really hard. Of course, I was so scared, but I did it anyways. So I'm not really sure. How was able to be do it anyway when you're scared? That's so beautiful. I think it's just this. You get to a point. I got to a point where I was tired of living on the sidelines. I wanted to actively participate in my life.、Mm-hmm. Um, leading up to, I should I should mention that leading up to that trip, I had a botched surgery. <laughs> so I had this random growth under my tongue. It sounds like a random story, but I promise it relates. And I ended up having. It was supposed to be a super simple surgery.、Um, I woke up in the middle of the surgery. No. And was crying because I could. I it was so much pain. For a few days, I was unable to talk. I couldn't eat. I、uh, and I ended up having to get a more invasive surgery a few days later、um, to fix what had happened from the first surgery. And as a result of that, I think that experience really woke me up. I mean, I couldn't talk, which is sort of how I felt like for most of my life. I felt like my voice was silenced, and. I really had to come face to face with: Do I feel proud of my life? Am I happy with where I am? And during that time when I was unable to speak, I was definitely thinking about these kinds of things. And so for me, when this opportunity presented itself, it was it was like, of course, absolutely, I'm going to go. I'm、mm-hmm. I'm afraid, but life is too short, and I want to live. I want. I was making a conscious choice to live, whatever that looked like for me. So I think that experience definitely shaped my ability to、um, run towards my fears instead of away from them. Wow, I I love that. This is so beautiful. I love that you able to kind of leverage、uh, a difficult time in your life、um, and really looking at it in a way. Hey, I want to be proud of myself. You know, this is. We only get such a limited time, and now I want to say yes to more things. Even if afraid, I want to say yes regardless. And I love that. You know, I heard it somewhere else said that the true courage is not you have no fear; it's you had a fear, but you do it anyway. That's a true courage means. And I, as you say that example, I just think it's so beautiful. And thank you for sharing that such an incredible experience. Thank you, Wen. Yeah, it was definitely wild. So, so the moment that you get the the opportunity to go travel,、uh, be part of this NGO with your sister, what does that mean for you? Will you felt like you you this is the moment, or how does that feel? I felt excited for sure, and at the time, it wasn't a full time. It wasn't a job for us. It was a project. So、mm-hmm. for me, I just decided to go. And enjoy enjoy it for what it was. Experience、mm-hmm. all that I could experience, and honestly, it was a life changing. It was a life changing experience getting to document 
um, different different projects, getting to hear from other people, learn from other people. It was so beautiful that when I came back, I was like, yes, I want to do this. And a couple months later, they actually asked us to come on and head up their communication department, mm-hmm. which was another thing that you know, again, in my heart, I was like, I want to do that again. I wonder if there will ever be the opportunity. And Mm -hmm. so, of course, when they asked, even though I had another job, I said, yes, we both said yes. So you quit your job. So I quit my job. I moved from San Diego to Austin, Texas, which is where I was based for three years while traveling. And I began, you know, traveling with them more often to document some incredible, incredible things. Were you ever scared? Thinking about you kind of get uh, give up your study job that you kind of know what it is, you know, probably pay well and everything, and come to this scary by exciting opportunity. You don't know where you're gonna be tomorrow. Were you ever scared? I wasn't scared losing the security, but I was scared sometimes while overseas, mm-hmm. mostly because. We actually had gotten in a couple. We gotten a couple car accidents. One of them was really big. The very first trip I went on. Wow. And yeah, it was literally within a few months. I had the surgery, and then I got in the, a car accident, and I got in a near plane accident. What? And I, for whatever reason, those things just further caused me to run towards my fear and continue to show up. Wow. Um, but as a result of the, that car accident, I actually ended up developing a fear of flying, which I had not had before. And of course, most of my job was flying. So for mm. three years, I was, I would have to f- face that every single time I got on a plane. And I would have to get on I don't know, multiple planes um, because we wouldn't just go to one place and come back. Typically, we go to many places within the country or to mm-hmm. a different country. Mm-hmm. So it was a lot of flights to face my fear. I had a lot of opportunity to face that fear again and again. And honestly, it, it didn't get easier. So that was, a, that was definitely an interesting piece of my job. Wow, that is, that is very brutal if you're actually afraid of flying. And part of your main job is you had to fly everywhere. So how do you actually physically sit on the plane when you are so terrified? I would just do lots of deep breathing exercises and really try to choose to be present in the moment. Because if I would think, honestly, a lot of fear is located with our mindset. It's in our it's in our minds. So if I would focus on the future, so by thinking about all of these scary scenarios, I would get worked up and get anxious. But if I would choose to just sit in the chair and moment by moment be okay with where I was or choose to only partner with the exciting part of landing. So sometimes Mm -hmm. I would think about, okay, I'm going to land. I'm going to meet some incredible people. I would focus on that or I just focus on Mm -hmm. sitting in the chair, but I would have to mindfully not think about the worst case scenarios and just embrace the fact that this was a rest, a break for me to sit and be still and, Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. I love that you actively prime your brain to focus on positivity and really focus on the moment. And I do have to agree with you. I think oftentimes our brain will you know, automatically bring us to that worst scenario as we all do as human beings. And that's how we evolve. But being a moment, being a present, 
you know, it's such a key to really overcome those worries and those fear, those all those different scenario that our mind put us in. Yes, absolutely. I love that. So at this point, you have a dream of your life. You travel around the world. You document all those incredible organization what they do. You living in your mission, and and now what? Yeah. So loving loving my life. I definitely that was it changed my life. All of those experiences. In what、But、way? Um. Aside from just facing my fears, I think there is a broadening that happens when you are able to travel, and you are when you do open yourself up to other ways of living and being, and you remain curious.、Mm-hmm. So I had, you know, the the privilege of three years of that kind of existence, and I think. All the different stories I heard of people being resilient and choosing to wake up each morning with a smile on their face, despite what they were going through—that、mm-hmm. that definitely changed my life.、Um, I will say, the last year, we, both my sister and I, as I mentioned earlier, we wanted to start our own company, and the reason for that was actually getting to see what we saw. It began to be a little bit difficult to go overseas and see the poverty and experience、um, some of the things that we experienced and not be able to help more. So both of us were like, "Man, it's hard to go and not be able to do everything we want to do." For instance, there's they're building a, a hospital in Kashmir, India, and we wanted to help, you know, give some money to build the hospital, but. Working on the kind of salary we were on, it wasn't possible. So we'd go and we'd see what they were doing. We'd see the people that would be going to that hospital, and our hearts were like, "Man, we want to help more," but we couldn't. So part of our reasoning for wanting to start the company was so that way we could eventually give back in a meaningful way and、um, be able to use the money to sew into different projects that were happening overseas. And that's still that's still our desire. So that's actually what. Continues to give me purpose and meaning while in Austin because if I'm being honest, I would rather be, I would rather be overseas. But、mm-hmm. there's an opportunity here that allows us to figure out different ways that we can eventually go back and and help、um, seed into some of the projects that people are wanting to do. This is so beautiful. I love that you and your sister were serving. The world, but you know, three years in, you guys, you and your sister decided you want to serve in a bigger way, a more meaningful way, and that's how you come to the pivotal moment. You realize you want to start a business, and sounds like you know, in the, in the same time, you that's your dad's wishes too, and that's how you guys got started, right? Yes, that's exactly right. It was literally the the perfect timing.、Mm-hmm. So tell us more about the business. Exactly what does do and how can our customer find you? Okay, awesome. Well, the way that it works now is if you both have so it's an app. We are we are moving towards being able to make it accessible on the web as well. But currently, the way that it works is if you both have the app, you can send surprises to your friends for them to discover at certain locations, or you can have it be sent at a certain time. So when 
if I knew that you liked a particular coffee shop, after this, after this, I could send you a Koya to that coffee shop. And the very next time that you visit, you would receive a personal message from me. And I also could pay for your coffee. Mm-hmm. And so that's just one example of how it works. But you can sprinkle Koyas anywhere and allow your friends just to discover them, you mm-hmm. know, throughout the year. I love that. And um, I just want to take a second to kind of restate that really the, the, the purpose of having this app when, you know, Courtney first mentioned that they discover they really want to connect people in a more meaningful way. And for her, you know, gifting what is surprising is some uh, is really um, kind of close to her heart, how she felt like she'd been seen, mm-hmm. she'd been heard and beloved. And I think that's exactly the idea of how the Koya got started um, by sharing those surprises, helping friends to celebrate each other. And I think it's such a beautiful thing. Am, am I saying correctly, Courtney? Yes, that was perfect. Yes. <laughs> and can you tell us what does Koya, this name means? Does it mean anything? Where does it come from? It does mean something. So it Koya stands for kindness, Anya. And my older sister, Karen, actually came up with the name. We had been brainstorming for a few weeks. Um, and suddenly she just, she thought of it and was like, oh, this is great. Koya, kindness, Anya. And we all felt like, yeah, that feels like the right name for this. Oh, so beautiful. Thank you. So two years in, you started business with family. So is that easy? Is that exactly what you expect? Or how does that journey being about? We, I was definitely warned by many people not, <laughs> not to do it. I had, we all actually separately had different people tell us this isn't a good idea. Um, don't get into business with your family. I have been told by multiple people. And I don't know, I think when, when something happens and you're already open to it, it's just kind of like, it's, a, it's an invitation. You don't have to accept it. But I felt life on that invitation and I didn't want to miss out. So it's definitely come with its challenges, but I didn't go into it without thinking it through. I definitely knew that this could potentially be challenging at times. And I think it wasn't challenging in the ways I thought it would be. So typically with people you're working with, I think it's hard because you don't necessarily know what they're thinking. You don't really know um, how to work together with us, we are very close. So mm-hmm. we have that advantage. And that actually is an advantage. I thought that would cause problems. What has caused problems isn't necessarily the communication of what were you thinking and meaning. It's more so the fact that we had all seen each other in a certain way before working together. Mm-hmm. And now that we're working together, we're seeing different aspects of each other that aren't always congruent with who we thought the person was. And so we are constantly being given the opportunity to open up space for each person to fully be themselves and to stop putting boundaries on each other to be the way we think they should be or the way that they quote unquote were. That's so beautiful. Isn't that a hard thing to do and really open up space, allow each other to be who you truly are and learning you know, every day deeper and deeper about each other. That that is that's hard to do, right? Especially with someone that you're so close and you know so well for so many years. It's very hard. Yeah, it, I think it definitely, honestly, 
the only thing that we can ever control in life is ourselves. And so all of us have come to or have to come to a conclusion that we will work on ourselves. And I know that we're all committed to doing that because if I don't have space for myself to be able to change and grow and be and grace for myself to be who I am fully, I won't have grace and space for other people. That's so, so beautiful. Can we unpack that a little bit more? Like, how are you able to have a grace for yourself? Because I think at the end of the day, I oftentimes think that we are the, our biggest critique. And how are you able to kind of hold that space for yourself and then apply that to everyone around you? That's so beautiful. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. We're, we're definitely our, our biggest critic. And mm -hmm. I think we judge ourselves the most, which then we judge other people for those same things. So something that I do, I know that all of us, we're all very different. So I'm, my dad and I are both introverts. My mom and sister are extroverts. So we process information differently and we definitely go about our own personal journeys differently. But for me, I, I make space every morning for an hour to paint or to read or to write just to sort of get back into my body to remember that I can make choices, that I can trust myself. So that way, before the day starts, I have I have taken care of myself and I've been kind to myself first thing. That's so beautiful. And, and I've noticed that that honestly has made a huge difference for me because if I'm looking outside myself for people to tell me I'm doing a good job or make sure I'm okay, then I'm putting expectations on the relationships but if I'm first thing doing that for myself, then I can fully show up and allow people to be themselves without expecting them to be something for me. That is so beautifully said. Thank you so much. I never thought of that. If you want other people to validate, you are great, you are doing a great thing. You put expectation on the relationship. And in your opinion, is that a bad thing? And I, I thought of that way. That's so beautiful. I don't think that it's, I think it's human. Mm -hmm. And I definitely, you know, give myself grace for the times that I do, because of course it's only natural for that to be my first inclination. Mm -hmm. But at this point, I now, I notice it a bit more, not always, but I'll notice when I'm looking outside myself for that validation. And because I have taken space to learn how to care for myself, I'll be able to step back and, try to give myself what I'm expecting someone else to give me. Mm -hmm. And honestly, it has, it has done um, wonders in my relationships, both romantic and otherwise, because mm -hmm. I, I didn't realize how often I'd look outside myself for validation and meaning and mm -hmm. how frustrated I feel when someone wasn't giving me what I wanted, but I also wasn't communicating. So mm -hmm. Of course, that that isn't great for any relationship. That kind of pressure it doesn't it doesn't mm -hmm. add value. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. That is oh my god, so beautiful. Thank you so much, Courtney, for sure. Sure, such a warm and beautiful message. And I love that today, you know, for you, whether it's painting, reading, or just spend an hour for yourself, that's how you give yourself the grace. I'm curious. Um, for some of our listeners, maybe are also looking for finding a way that he or she can love themselves the fully. Do you have any suggestions, any advice um, for folks who may be still searching for the next thing for them? Yeah, of course. I think one of the biggest things is sometimes when I'm in a situation and something happens that feels upsetting 
and maybe I, I felt like I did something dumb or whatever it is, you can't always leave the situation. Sometimes you have to stay there. So if that happens, I something that's really helped me to get back in my body and be kind to myself is just to breathe, to take a few seconds and just breathe. Immediately, all of that energy that was kind of causing a lot of anxiety will just come back to myself. And from there, I can just be kind and then be present again enough to participate in the conversation. So that's been extremely helpful. And then, of course, having a set a set date with myself, if you will, every morning. Um, that also has really, really, it, it kind of, for me, it's a standing um, appointment. And so when I wake up and I go and spend time with myself, I do feel like I'm respecting myself. And when I respect myself, I do feel like there's more space and grace and room for me to make mistakes and to learn and to try again, because I know that every morning I'll have the opportunity to sit with myself and be kind to myself. So honestly, I think that kind of a practice, even if that's just exercising every morning or sitting still for five minutes, it doesn't have to be for forever, but intentionally having time with yourself does help you decompress, does help you get back into your body. And as a result of that can allow you to really give yourself the love and nurturing that you are maybe seeking from other people and things. Wow, this is so beautiful, Corny. And wow, I think this, this is so deep to my heart, because uh, my goal this year is uh, be more present and practice more self love. And I think everything you said is just so beautiful. And I, I'm really inspired. Thank you for sure. Such a beautiful message. Corny. So, wow, two years, you learned a lot from the business, from working with um, your family around you, and you further validate your mission, trying to connect in the world. Um, what's next for you, Corny? What, do you, what, is, what is that dream? What is that goal? What is one day you're hoping um, that will be accomplished? Well, I think it's kind of amazing how sometimes in life, you just say yes, and you look back and you realize how <laughs> things, things string together. So honestly, one of the biggest things that both my sister and I experienced overseas that was that really changed our life was something that we would call, um, it was just like this relational richness that we experienced overseas that we didn't necessarily experience here. Why do you think is that? I think that when you don't have well, I think there's two things. So for one, a lot of the countries we're visiting are very interdependent. So everybody relies on one another to mm -hmm. be there for each other. And that is, that is such a beautiful way of living. People are more open as a result. Mm -hmm. um, you know, one person's burden is another's. And of course, a burden shared is a burden halved. So there's just less pressure because it's more, it's more about the togetherness. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. And we definitely experienced that. So when we come back, of course, you know, America is very independent mm -hmm. and everybody does things for themselves. Everybody's out for themselves. So we noticed a disconnection and definitely Koya was created to provide moments of meaningful connection. But what's next is 
the desire to help people learn how to meaningfully connect because we realize that we sort of put the cart before the horse. We created a tool for people to meaningfully connect, but we didn't necessarily give people um, resources to feel confident and comfortable to try in the first place. So you think um, today most people are don't know where to find or how to connect with people in the most meaningful way? I think people don't know where to begin. I mean, for instance, uh, this is a bit personal, but I had a loss. Something happened a few weeks ago, and a lot of my friends who love me so much, and I know that, so I, there's no hard feelings, but a lot of them didn't necessarily know how to show up for me. They felt uncomfortable. And I think when things happen in life that are very normal parts of life, whether that's death or you lose a job or anything that feels bigger, people mm -hmm. don't, they want to be there, but they don't know where to begin. Why do you think that? I think it feels uncomfortable and people are afraid of saying the wrong thing. And so instead of trying, they just sit back and hope that someone else will do it. Mm. And I think, you know, having experienced the friends that did try, even if it was kind of awkward, I, it meant so much to me. So I think when I experienced this with people that are honestly, they're extremely emotionally intelligent. Mm -hmm. um, I realized that if people had a hard time showing up for that, more than likely, they also had a harder time showing up and even like really simple things like when someone is having a great day. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's like I'm excited for them, but I don't I don't know what to say. So even like something simple like that, mm -hmm. what we're hoping to do is give people just a little bit of a like a handhold, if you will, to help them move from, oh, that's so great. I want to say something or do something. Mm -hmm. into action. So we want to help people take action, but maybe we need to give them a few tools in mm -hmm. order to make that a bit more comfortable. It is so beautiful. And one thing I love most about, um, about that is Courtney, I think you said uh, so beautiful earlier that when those hardships happen and they, every one of us, um, our friends, people around us are afraid to show up to say the wrong thing. Because the, the friend might think, oh, she needs more space or, you know, just want to be respectful and want to love us the way they thought we wanted to. But yeah, deep down, we are craving for, the, for those love and connection and someone reaching out, give us a hand and just give us a hug. And maybe it doesn't need it to be anything bigger than just showing up. And I think you able to recognize that gap uh, from yourself and yet translate that into really overall the mission to helping really connecting, create that, really create that experience for all of us to experience love in the most authentic way. It's so beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, I feel very strongly about this and extremely excited to use technology for good and hopefully provide us not a solution, well, yeah, a solution for, for people that are kind of Googling, like, what do I say when this happens? Or how do I, how do I show up for my friend that just moved? Or mm -hmm. how do I find friends? Just every, it's normal. These are very normal experiences in life. But if we don't talk about it, mm -hmm. and we don't, we don't give simple, simple ways to at least try, like a little guide, mm -hmm. people can feel lost. And I think that's honestly what's happening is we're seeing 
the loneliness epidemic um, that is is just massive um, of people that are just feeling so alone and they don't really know where to begin. They don't know how to reach out or how to connect with people. So we feel as a company extremely, um, we're aware of that. And that is definitely our mission and goal is to provide something that allows people to connect in meaningful ways and feel less alone. That's so beautiful. And for some of our listeners who are, you know, right now thinking, wow, that sounds beautiful, but maybe he or she actually don't know what to do, don't know how to reach out, don't know how to be there for their friends, for, for their loved one. Do you have any advice or suggestion or simple, simple things that we can do to show up today? Of course. Yeah, this is something I... I've definitely, you know, of course, because it's part of our company, I think about it often. Um, but something I've been doing is when I think of someone, I'll stop what I'm doing, especially if I'm scrolling through Instagram, for instance, and I see a post and I think my friend looks beautiful. Instead of just messaging underneath the photo, I'll text them. So I'll do that. Or if I'm just randomly on a walk and I'll think of someone, I'll send them a voice memo. And I think doing something in the moment has helped me take those thoughts and put them into action and also has helped me remember that people's lives online are only a really small glimpse of how they're actually doing and feeling. And so if I reach outside of Instagram or outside of Facebook to actually connect with someone, I can find out how they're doing. So maybe the conversation won't start with, hey, how are you? It'll probably start with, oh my gosh, I just saw your photo. You look so beautiful. What's, what's one positive thing that's happening in your world right now? And from there, it ignites a, a conversation that probably wouldn't have happened otherwise. Mm -hmm. Wow, thank you for sharing that. Such a simple, and then, yeah, I think it's very, very, very strong and message that I think oftentimes we just easily for us to stand behind the Facebook, the Instagram and scroll picture and liked and comment and all those things that we thought our friend really want. And I love that you just said, hey, put down that social media and test her, call her, tell her how much you love her, how much, how gorgeous she looked, have a real conversation instead of just behind a screen, a liked, a thumb up and you thought you did your part, but that is not, you can take it one step further. I love that message. So, um, wow, Courtney, I, I am just so honored to share you such a beautiful and authentic story. And um, I really love what you uh, and your business are standing for today. Uh, I'm curious, you know, today, what, what inspired you? What inspires me right now? Yeah, or, yeah, or sometimes when, you know, you felt like you're an inspiration or what really made your heart ache? <laughs> ah, I love that. Yes. I, I think what inspires me is the idea that at some point, so it, it can be hard being in a startup. I don't want it to feel like, or seem like everything's rainbow and sunshine. It is. I love it. I think <laughs> I love my job, but it can be hard every day choosing to show up. And so what keeps me motivated and inspired when I feel maybe stuck mm -hmm is what my main goal is. So if, if in the future, we, Koya can provide a tool for, for 
for people to feel less alone, for them to have these experiences where they feel seen, known, and loved, I'm in it. I'm so in it. So I'll think about that. I'll think about what that would be like if people around the world were able to take their thoughts and easily turn them into action um, and bring smiles to people's faces. I, I love that thought. That thought definitely gives me motivation mm-hmm. as well as, of course, you know, some somewhere down the line, um, one of my goals is to be able to do some microfinancing for for people, um, for some of the amazing humans I've met in different countries, because they have some of the best ideas and best dreams. And I would love to just be able to pour into that, into those dreams. I would ultimately at some point love to invest in other people's dreams in the same way that I've experienced with Koya. So that also gives me a lot of drive and vision is imagining, you know, a few years down the road, being able to do that for other people. So it it keeps me motivated. That's for sure. I'll, I'll think about that. And then I'm like, all right, it's go time. Let's do this. I've got this. <laughs> wow. So beautiful, Corny. I love that. love that. You're able to uh, really think about your why, think about what really driving you every day, even though when it's hard time, when it's, you know, not the most rainbow and sunshine day. And that's how you able to show up every day with all positivity and a beautiful smile on your face. And keep going I, I love that about you thank you so much that means a lot coming from you when <laughs> um wow Courtney today we learned so much about you and your journey uh is there anything else that you felt I have not asked that you want to share with our listeners honestly I feel like um you asked so many beautiful questions and <laughs> yeah I if anybody at some point um, has questions based on some of the things that were shared. I am, I'm an open book and I'm definitely a friendly person. So I would love to continue the conversation outside of, outside of this. If anybody feels in their heart that they have more questions, I'm definitely willing to answer them. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you, Corny. Uh, Once again, thank you for being just such a beautiful, authentic human being. I really love about um, just, you know, your heart Mm -hmm. and your desire to want to make the world a better place, want to connect all of us in the most meaningful way and create those loving for um, all human beings. And I also love that, you know, your goal, your dream, your vision is to um, help support others in a, in a future endeavor to help support their dream come true. It's just so beyond beautiful. So I am so honored today to have you share your story, share your dream. And thank you so much for being here with us. Thank you, Wen. Everything is absolutely likewise. I think it's incredible that you're giving people the opportunity to share their stories. So thank you for this opportunity. I'm so grateful. Of course. Thank you, Corny. All right, ladies and gentlemen, today, this is the show for today. I am so excited. I really, really loved it. I hope you all enjoyed the show as much as I did. And I could not wait to see you guys next time.